everybody. Welcome to Curly Girlies Cracking the Kid Code with Atara and Grace. I am Atara Torsky, founder of the Curly Girl Movement, author of the Curly Girly book series, and owner of curlygirly.com, spelled with two E's at the end of curly and two E's at the end of girly. And I'm here with my amazing co-host and good friend, Grace Cross. Hi, Grace. Hi, Atara, and hi, everyone. I'm Grace Cross. I'm the owner of The Baby Spot, the only global parenting magazine where you can find me at www.thebabyspot.ca. And we have a great guest today who shattered some very important beauty myths. Atara, who do we have? Grace, audience, we are honored to have with us today Gil Zamora. Gil is a man of many varied facets. He began his career at age 23 as a police officer in San Jose, California, but his love of sketching won out and Gil became certified as a sketch artist by the FBI in 1993. Shortly thereafter, Gil was selected to be the official police artist for San Jose Police Department. During his 17 years as a police sketch artist, Gil completed over 3,000 sketch interviews and helped solve more than 1,000 investigations with his composite sketches. Gil was involved in a majority of very high-profile criminal investigations in the Bay Area. Our audience may know and recognize Gil as he found acclaim in connection with his contribution to the most widely viewed YouTube video titled Dove Real Beauty Sketches. The videos have been viewed more than 100 million times. It is our pleasure today to welcome Gil to our podcast. Welcome, Gil. How are you? So happy to be speaking with you. So happy. Great. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, uh, Tara and Grace. Really happy to be here. Amazing. And you have such a rich um, and interesting career. So I would really love if you would take us um, down the road, because I, I, I think you started off in one place and, and maybe ended in a place that you didn't really anticipate. So can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, you know, uh, for some of the, your audience members who might be artists stuck in a, in a different field where you're not really asked to be creative, I was kind of in that same boat. Uh, when I started at the police department, if you can imagine, it's a peri- paramilitary organization and, you know, everybody's, mm-hmm. yes. you know, in uniform and right. running run around with guns and all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I had never done that before. And there I was in between breaks, drawing, sketching. I was sketching my lectures and they would come around and everybody would, you know, just kind of pat me on the back like, wow, that's a pretty good job. And when I joined the police department, it, that was the academy at that time. When I joined the police department, I found out that there was a an, a police artist at San Jose PD who had been there for a few years. And I thought, wow, that's a job I would love to have. You get paid to draw all day and right. uh, meet, meet with people. And wow. um, so, you know, fast forward a few years later, um, I was involved in a um, automobile accident with a drunk driver while I was um, on a call. Mm-hmm. And uh, it changed my career. I all of a sudden had to focus not on police work and being out in patrol, right. and doing all the normal things that police officers do. But um, it was kind of a wake-up call for me to kind of refocus my energies back on my creative side. And so I met with Tom Macris. That's who, mm-hmm. who, who the uh, artist was. And we hit it off. And the rest is history. In 1995, I was selected the police artist and had the what I think is uh, a dream job. And um, yes, branded up. Well, you know, I always say if you're able to make a living out of something that you really love to do, how wonderful is that? So it sounds totally like, agree. right, you've been able to achieve that. But just take us back even a little bit before. Had you been drawing as a, as a child, like all your life? 
Oh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> um, ever since uh, I was a little guy in uh, elementary school and all through high school, um, what I did notice is when I was drawing, and I happened to be pretty good because um, people said I was. <laughs> right. All of yeah. a sudden, you got really treated very well by your friends. Your teachers really kind of appreciated you. Right. There was an art project going on. Um, I was involved in it. So um, it was something that I was attracted to, and, and it made me feel really uh, comfortable and, and good about myself to be creative and kind of create this space where I was doing something for myself, but then other people were enjoying it. So right. it was one of those things where I, I was always attracted to it. So ever since I was a little guy, I was drawing cartoons and then copying other artists mm -hmm. and so forth. So, And then did you just not think of it as something that you would do as a career? You thought maybe being a police officer was more practical or is that something your parents had wanted for you? Yeah, no, yeah, nobody's in law enforcement in my family. Um, everybody's just, you know, hard work. My dad uh, was a laborer in construction. Mm -hmm. um, I'm first generation uh, Mexican American. My parents came from Mexico and Texas and, and Spain. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, they just taught me about work and hard work and so forth. But I always saw police officers in the street and I thought, wow, that seems like an interesting job. I was involved in uh, electrical engineering first. I was a draftsman. I did okay. that for about five and a half years. But, you know, it's one of those things where you keep running into either signals in your in your everyday life that kind of say, hey, you should be doing this. And every time I would see a police officer right. driving down the street or out on the road or something like that, um, I would I would kind of be curious about, you know, what they were doing and how they were doing it. And right. all of a sudden, one day I just said, you know what, I'm going to try it took me about a year and a half. Okay. It was a long list. Uh, they take a lot of people and you go through a lot of uh, uh, machinations to become a police officer, but right. um, I did it. Amazing. That's incredible. And Atara, I'm sure you noticed this too with Gil. His patterns seem to be always in service of others with his previous occupations. So when you were a forensic artist and you were obviously helping others solve major cases, did you find when people were describing what an assailant or someone of a suspect was um, looking like, did you find that people were describing them properly when they were eventually More accurately, caught? yeah. Yes, accurately. Well, you know what? Interesting that, that you uh, bring that up because... Um, as a forensic artist, as one who's interviewing, I call them eyewitnesses. So a lot of people know them by victim and witness. Okay. okay. So, uh, you know, they viewed somebody who did something terrible to them, or they saw that that person did something terrible to someone else. Okay. So when you're interviewing somebody like that, I know that the research on human memory is... Um, says that our human memory is not that great even though some of us may say i have a photographic memory right yeah. right we all know a dozen people who say that exactly <laughs> the reality is this is that most people don't remember everything in great detail and right. because of that it was interesting you brought you said the words accuracy and things like that i don't use those words what i use are words like reliable ah and, i and, like and, that and, better right so so basically what i'm doing is i'm trying to get an image that this person saw from, you know, from their memory, put it down on paper, okay. and then have them kind of confirm that sketch to say, yes, you know what, that reminds me of that person. Okay. And ah. I don't put any pressure about them uh, 
be so accurate about the sketch because no one's memory is is um, that accurate. So it makes it a lot easier for that victim, that eyewitness that I'm interviewing to not feel the pressure of saying, okay, if, if this isn't correct, I'm going to blow this whole investigation or right. if I don't get this right, we're never going to catch them. No. What I do is I make sure that they understand that the sketch is just a tool. It's a resource for law enforcement to help identify um, this, this suspect. And all they're doing as a witness is, is people come away from my interviews and saying it was very therapeutic. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It, it allows them to kind of just, you know, purge this information out right. of them because right. some of them are holding it and they really right. they want to figure out how to get out of it. And right. now I'm giving them the opportunity to kind of say this information and um, they feel a lot better afterwards. Right. I, I hear that a lot from my eyebrows. I could see that. I could see maybe you're even the first person that they've been able to unload this information to. So it's really powerful. I notice you also have a very soothing and calming voice. So I think that um, in concert with the techniques that you're using and, and tapping into also picking up on social cues of, of who you're working with, it's so important. And it really goes a long way, I'm sure. Exactly, it does. Um, I have been told by a, a lot of my uh, witnesses that this was the first time that they felt like somebody was really listening to them. Wow. And that's not to say that there was something wrong with the police or the investigators. Right. But, but, you know, sometimes everybody's doing a certain role in the yes. investigation. And for them to finally hear somebody say, wow, you actually want to hear me mm -hmm. tell you everything. You're not going to interrupt me. You're not going to judge me and you're just going to listen. And even though they might have family members at home, um, the reality is this, not everybody's going to be supportive, right. depending on what happened. Um, many of the cases that I dealt with are, are with females who are being sexually assaulted. Um, right. And, and it's a, it's a, a traumatic uh, experience as I'm sure your audience may know. For sure. But, uh, some of that um, is trying to create a safe place where they can, you know, impart some of this personal information that happened to them. And that's my job. That's, that's wow. what I need to do to make sure that they're able to kind of uh, let me in and mm -hmm. then allow themselves to kind of, you know, tell me what happened. And, and it's very, very personal and right. graphic. So you can imagine that, um, you know, getting over that barrier of trusting somebody is really important for them. Yeah. And they, and they need to feel safe, which. Oh, exactly. Right. Isn't that everything, you know, in talking to you and I'm sure Grace, you'll agree, right? Yes. It kind of seems like such a natural um, evolution then for you to have then worked on the Dove Beauty Sketches campaign. You know, I, I think at first blush, maybe people wouldn't think so. A forensic artist doing a beauty sketch video, but in just hearing how you're speaking about it, it, it actually seems very natural segue to me. So can you take us there? Because I know this is, um, I found you through this very impactful video, which I think is just a must see for everybody. And I, I would love to hear a little bit about how that happened for you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you, Atara, for bringing that up. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> when you're a, a forensic art artist and you have a little notoriety in the, in the Bay Area that like I do, right. you tend to get um, requests to either speak or, or participate in some events and so forth. So right. in, um, I believe it was in 2012, late 2012, all of mm -hmm. a sudden I got a request 
um, from this uh, company. I didn't know who it was. They were out of Brazil. And um, they said, hey, we want to talk to you about an idea that we're thinking about. And like I said, I get a lot of requests. Right. Said, All right, yeah, whatever. I'll <laughs> so add you to my list. <laughs> so I said, um, yeah, sure, uh, contact me. And they said, well, you need to sign this NDA first. And that was the oh. first time I've ever heard of the word NDA. I right. said, wait, what is this? What, what's going on? And I said, All right. right. Exactly, non-disclosure <laughs> agreement. So I thought, all right, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'm willing to play along. I will and I <laughs> Whoever will... these people are, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, they, they were actually calling uh, from or emailing me, excuse me, from a company um, called Ogilvy and Mare. And okay. apparently um, they're very big in the advertising world. Yes. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Like I said, I'm just a police artist. And right. Right. Point, right. So uh, anyway, they sent me this packet after. And this packet was very well done, very professional, very well thought out. Mm -hmm. And there's my picture in several of these slides it was obviously a presentation to some organization to say, oh, this wow. is how this would work. Well, oh, wow. these guys, what they had done. Wait, so they had targeted you and already knew they wanted you. <laughs> yeah, because, because like you, you're saying, uh, how, how does this idea come about? Right. So, so that's when I first realized, okay, these people are serious. They've done their homework. Right. They know what they're doing. Yes. And importantly, what I was impressed with is when they were deciding who they should target, they realized that the techniques that were that were being used to interview eyewitnesses was going to be important with the way they were going to present this because they were tasked with um, figuring out how to reveal this information that they had done. They had done this market research with the real women all around the world. Okay. And they said, how do we present this to people to make it interesting instead of just putting out graphs and numbers and so forth. They would say something like, um, well, you know, I really had, you know, this really kinky hair all my life, or I really had this really curly hair, or wavy hair, or something like that. I wouldn't just let that go. Right. I would kind of say, well, tell me about that. All right. of my questions were open, you know, right. open narrative to allow them to kind of elaborate. Right. And they did. They kind of took me down these these different paths where they were talking about their you know, their inhibitions about these certain feelings and they're they're talking about the realities of dealing with either you know the way they wore their hair right. the way they they had their hair and so forth so and and i was allowing them to do that in a way in a space that it was it was giving me opportunities to create the sketch that reminded for me that would represent what they were telling me. Yes. So it was really important for them to kind of reveal that information so that I can, you know, kind of spread that around the sketch in the eyes and the, in the demeanor yes. and, the, and the emotion and, and things like that. So uh, all, all the women, all the real women, uh, really, uh, revealed a lot of, you know, history about either, you know, their nose, their eyes, their yes. chin, their hair, things like that. All of them did, and they were they they weren't prompted with doing that. They just said, "You're going to meet with Gil. Just go ahead and answer the questions right. that they asked you." And, and I just keyed in off of whatever they were telling me to kind of let them expand down that road. And it became so much more for them too, because it became an experience. Would you argue that that was the most impactful thing for you about that video shoot? 
Yeah, you know, um, I think I think for me when we did the reveal, when yes. they actually saw the sketches, yes. I know that you can see. I think they featured maybe two or three of them, but you know, I did this with all twenty of them. Right. Yes. And, and um, what was interesting is I felt that they were being real about that, and that it was really kind of you know it was almost like hitting them in the face to say you're right you know yes. what i i did say that right. and and none of them you know none of them said no wait i i i didn't say right. that to me no they all kind of it was kind of like they looked at it mm-hmm. they paused and they said wow he's right i was really you know really hard on myself about my crow's feet right. he was really he's right about you know all those wrinkle lines. I did say that. And, yes. and there it is. It's, I can see it right now. Right. And some of them would start to tear up. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Oh. I was just about to say that because I noticed there was such a powerful moment in the reveal. Um, one of the women in particular, I still see her face in my mind's eye, the one with the long blonde hair. And, you know, she was such an attractive woman. But when you heard her speak about herself, like you actually couldn't put together that she was speaking about herself because she spoke in in a way that really wasn't descriptive of what she looked like. And it was such a powerful reveal when when she began to choke up, when she saw how others had described her. And I remember that um, I was watching this with a friend and it was we just became really silent when we saw it because it was it was really one of those moments where you're like, wow. Oh yeah, wow, right? I mean, I mean, you can read uh, some of the, I mean, uh, some of the uh, comments on, on the video. A lot of people were touched. Yes, um, Dove didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know that this video was going to blow up. I didn't. I didn't know it was going to blow up. Um, uh, you know, in this in this fashion. But what happened is, I probably received thousands of emails of people, men and women, who basically were, you know, they they all connected with some aspect of either the interview, the stories the women were providing that, that moment, like you say, that moment of uh, realization of, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm really hard on myself about my hair or about my eyes or about my nose. And I shouldn't be that way. And when you, when you contrast that with what the random people that were just meeting them for the first time, they've never met them before. And all they came away with were nice, positive things about these people. Right. And, and that, to me, that was the thing that uh, really, the message that I got is that people were really hard on themselves about how others see them. And what they don't realize is that most people are seeing a lot of great things about people. Right. And they're not, they're not you know, digging down on all the little things that we're carrying around. They're, they're just looking at the, at, at the top and they want yeah. to, you know, what they're interacting mm-hmm. with you, how you sound, what you say, right. what you do. And that's what really they get away. They really come away with so instead true. of all the stuff, all the baggage that they're carrying. Right. It's incredible. You know, each of each one of us with our facial features, we're wearing the genetics of our family members from our history mixed together in this like beautiful tapestry. So when these people are seeing themselves, they're seeing their family history and it's a beautiful thing and not something we should be so critical about. With that being said, did you ever even anticipate that this video would reach 
over a hundred million people. No, uh, and and neither did the folks that produced it. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, and like I said, I'm just a forensic artist out of San Jose doing right. my little thing, and and you know, I was, I was just doing my job, and then it was funny um, uh, to get a phone call from the folks in in London. And um, they said, hi, we just saw the video. Remember, they saw the video all finished before I had ever seen it, before it ever gone out anywhere. And apparently they had a big meeting with all the the firms all around the world. And they put it out there. And I got a call and they said, hey, Gil, um, you're going to be famous. And I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, we just saw the video. And this thing is going to turn out to be pretty amazing for you. And I said, wow. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Because... Think about this, um, and here's some other inside baseball, is that I was just doing my sketches. And when they were videotaping, that's all. I mean, I wasn't really talking about anything or doing mm-hmm, anything. I was mm-hmm. just doing my video. All of a sudden, on the second day, they said, Gil, we want to interview you about this process and what's going on. And I said, okay, I did that. Okay. And, then, and then there was this part where we were doing the reveal. Now, you see me standing next to the gal. Yes. Um, Well, what happened before, which is pretty funny, I tell my family about this, is that they had someone else from their group, their their production group. It was a woman, really nice lady. She was she was fantastic, and she was there. She was going to be the person that was going to walk these uh, these real women to the sketches. They said, "Gil, you can stand by there and go ahead and and just you know hang out, watch." So we did that, but she was going to handle all the talking, this gal, uh, uh, this producer. Right. And we, we, we go up to do the first one, and, and the gal was there, and she started to talk, and I just couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> right. The, the, the real woman said something, and obviously I'd interviewed her, and I just started contributing and started asking right. her something or whatever. And all of a sudden, I go, cut! And they go, what, what happened? They go uh, back, they start talking, and now they come out and the director comes out. Okay, Gil, um, yeah, we like what you said right there. Go ahead and, and, and stay just a little bit more this time, okay? All right, go. Boom. We go out, we do the same thing. Cut. Okay. Wow. And now we go back and they go, okay, you know what, um, Gil, we just want you to do it by yourself. I think you're going to take over, Gil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, so it was funny. The executive producer comes to me and she says, and she says, hey, Gil, I think they like you better than they like you. <laughs> oh, dear. Go knock yourselves out. So, um, so the part of, you know, this whole um, being on shows, I was on uh, uh, Good Morning America, um, mm-hmm. on the Today Show and so forth, and uh, Katie Couric show. It was, it was a blast. It was fantastic for me and my wife going over to New York and just right. talking about this just whole thing. fun, experience. right? Oh, yeah, but, but to your point, no, I... I didn't know this was going to uh, blow up the way it did. And, and yeah. they didn't know. This was the most successful right. video campaign for their, uh, uh, their, their brand. When I'm interviewing, most of the time I was interviewing people about someone else. But when I think about the real beauty sketches and how they were describing certain features, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that a lot of the, the issues that were coming up were happening at a really young age. Yes. When, when they were having to deal with how they look and how they want to look and modeling their look about that, right. looking at mirrors and trying to struggle with, you know, uh, you know, how their face is looking, how their features are looking, their hair obviously is one of them. Mm-hmm. And to me, I thought, you know what, that, that's right. It, 
there, there is that connection. And, and for me, being able to kind of talk about it and to kind of remind, you know, the adults listening to this program or watching the video to say, you know, it, it does matter. And yes. whatever you can do to kind of, you know, either educate or soften that blow about that, you know, how critical you, you see yourselves right. and to kind of talk about, you know, how you went through those things. It can help that younger generation to kind of deal with that and be more empowered and be more confident moving forward. Because right. as we know, you know, those years between, you know, uh, middle school and high school, those are pretty tough. Yes. Oh, and, yes. and if you don't have those tools to kind of right. you know, accept how you are, what you are, right. um, it's going to be pretty difficult moving right. on because you're going to hang on to it. Because I saw it. I saw it in the Real Beauty sketches where right. women who were dealing with those issues back then still right. were dealing with it. It doesn't go away. Exactly. Yeah. You have to, I always like to say, you know, you have to change the inner dialogue of our children. And that's what I'm hoping to do with my movement. So um, I think, you know, the Dove Beauty Sketches and the work that you're involved in is just such a wonderful tool to go along with everything else that we're trying to do. So thank you so much for coming on. This has been oh, yeah. amazing. I feel like I could talk to you about this for, you know, another four hours, right? Right, Grace? No, so true. <laughs> Gil, I feel like you should write a biography. <laughs> so. I've been working on a book uh, on this whole experience and uh, hopefully I'll get it done in the next year or two. Well, Gil, then you have to come back on the show. You're stuck with us now. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you so much, Cara and Grace. You guys are fantastic. Yeah, it really has been amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll put all of your information on our show notes because I'm sure everyone will want to find out where they can find you. But just uh, Google your name and it's all going to be right there. <laughs> my, my website is uh, sketch-artist.com. And then you can find me on Facebook, Gil Zamora Forensic Artist. Yeah, I think that's how I found you. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. so he is responsive yes, <laughs> to am. the right people. <laughs> all right, Gil, thanks again. It's been amazing. Thank you Such so a much. pleasure, Gil. Everything. All right. Take care. Bye for now. Bye for now.